The following podcast was recorded on Thursday, June 3rd, 2021, featuring Jim Bianco of Bianco Research. To hear the podcast in real time, you can sign up for a free trial at biancoresearch.com or arborresearch.com or by emailing Gus Handler directly at gus.handler at arborresearch.com. You can also call Arbor Research and Trading at 1-800-606-1872. Thanks for your time and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the latest edition of Talking Data. Our Talking Data series seeks to offer timely insights into macro market themes along with macro data and its impact on the economy and markets. I'm your host, Kristen Radish of Arbor Research and Trading, joined today by our presenter, Jim Bianco of Bianco Research. Today, Jim will be answering the question, what is the most important crypto? Is it stable coins? Jim, start us off by telling, telling us the latest with size and volume. Yes, thanks, Kristen. Let's talk about how big the stablecoin market is, because uh, I think it's important to understand its size before we understand its significance. Uh, the first slide we have shows the amount of market capitalization of all of the stablecoins together. There's over 50 of them, and but um, mo about 90% of it is made up by the top two, and that is Tether or USDT for Tether and USDC which is the Coinbase uh, stablecoin, otherwise known uh, as Circle as well too. That's what the C is in there. Uh, so they make up about $100 billion of these coins. If you go to the next slide, what I think is most important to understand about these coins is the volume. The volumes have been running in excess of $200 billion, $200 billion a day. And on May 19th, they did peak at $300 billion a day. Now this is up from 20 billion a year ago and 2 billion two years ago to over 200 billion right now. So 100X gain in the last two years. What are cryptos used for? They're used for basically two major uh, ideas. First of all, they're used as a trading pair. We do call them cryptocurrencies. So if you wanna buy Bitcoin or you wanna buy Ethereum, Buy it against what? What are you going to trade out of to buy it? Now, in the traditional financial world, it's always assumed that you're going to trade out of the dollar in order to buy, say, Apple stock. So we just say the price of Apple is $60, and we assume you're going to trade dollars to Apple. But in the crypto space, you could trade, you can't trade fiat currency. You have to trade another crypto. So we use these stable coins as a trading pair. In the uh, against other cryptos. Now we use them for really one major reason: they're stable. Bitcoin's price is volatile enough. Ethereum's price is volatile enough. If you wanted to trade the Ethereum Bitcoin pair or something like that, you're doing two volatile currencies at the same time, and they really move around. So it helps to slow down the volatility. That has become so popular that two thirds of all the volume in the crypto universe is a stablecoin. So when we talk about who's trading in the crypto universe, most of it is stable coins. The other thing that they're used for is for transfers. So if I wanna send you some crypto, I could send you a stable coin because in the process of transferring, it doesn't move 30% in an hour or a day or however long it takes for us to affect that uh, transfer. Some $50 billion of cryptos is transferred every day that's not traded but transferred every day about one quarter or so of the amount of cryptos are traded every day so 
the takeaway here is it's huge. It's very, very big in what we're looking at in crypto space, in the stablecoin space. And how are prices pegged? Yeah, so if we go to the next slide, there's four different ways that stable coins are pegged to their price. The most popular way is the one that gets all the attention. It's the fiat collateralization. What that means is that for every, in theory, for every dollar that is issued by one of these fiat collateralized coins, like a Tether or a Coinbase's uh, USDC, you have a bank account, a trust with $1 in it. So if there's $60 billion of Tether outstanding, there's supposed to be $60 billion in a bank account. That's the fiat collateralization method. And your stable coin is supposed to be redeemable for, for one of those dollars in that bank account. So you can come up to them with your, your $1 stable coin and go give me one US dollar, one fiat dollar with the two. Now, the reality is twofold. One, some of these uh, audits on these trusts, it's inconclusive whether or not they have enough money in them. In the last section, I'll talk about why that might not matter. Uh, and, and two, even though you can redeem it and there is some redemptions on net, almost nobody redeems these things uh, they, because they're used in the crypto space, either for transfer or they're used for trading pairs. So that's the biggest one, the fiat one. The next one is commodity collateralization. There is digit gold, which is a cryptocurrency that is tied to the price of gold. There is supposed to be, again, a warehouse with for every dollar of digit gold, there's a dollar of, um, of gold in a warehouse as well. So, so it's same, it's very similar to the fiat collateralization as well. The last two are the ones that are the most interesting and have the most promise. That is the crypto collateralization, the, one of the original um, um, cryptocurrency or stable coins is DAI, MakerDAO DAI. That is collateralized with other cryptos, as is Liquidity. That's a new one that's less than about two months old. If you want to redeem it, they will give you a dollar's worth. Take Liquidity as the example. If I want to redeem my Liquidity stable DAI coin, one dollar of that, they'll give me one dollar's worth of ETH or Ethereum at the moment of that um, of that transaction uh, as well too. And the final one is the non-collateralization or algorithmic ones. There was one that started up early in 2007, late 17, early 18 called Basis. It was collateralized by nothing. And what they were gonna try and do with this is like run an automated central bank where they were gonna buy and sell the cryptocurrency in the market constantly to hold its price at a dollar. Ample Forth is another example that's trying to do this too. The problem with these non-algorithmic or non-collateralized ones is can they hold a dollar over a longer period of time, a week or a month? Yes. But in between, it can vacillate all over the place. And the problem with a stable coin is like a dollar in my pocket. Oh, over a month, it will be worth a dollar. Yeah, but at the moment I need to do a purchase, if it's worth 50 cents, then I need to use $2 for that purchase. Or if at a moment I need to do a purchase, it's worth $2. I only need half a dollar to do that purchase. I can't live my life like that, that from moment to moment, my dollar is worth wildly different values. But don't worry, it will average one over a month. That's why those have been an interesting idea, these algorithmic uh, cryptos. But they haven't really been able to take off because of this stability problem that they have. So tell us more about the importance of stable coins. 
I think they might be the foundation and the driving force behind all of the cryptocurrency universe, even more important than Bitcoin is right now for two reasons. One, they do help reduce the volatility in the trading of these cryptocurrencies. And two, more and more they are getting used, they're getting a use case, especially out of Asia in the real world. If a Vietnam manufacturer gets raw materials from an Indonesian supplier, and at the end of the month, you owe them $50 million for those raw materials, because most, most international trade is done in US dollars, that Vietnamese manufacturer would in the old days give the equivalent of 50 million dong, their currency, to a Vietnamese bank, who would then convert it to ringgit and send it to a Malaysian bank that would then credit the Indonesian supplier's account. And the, and the Vietnamese bank would charge a fee and would charge a fee on the, tra on the transaction, and the Indonesian bank would charge a fee, and everybody would get reported, and everybody would pay taxes on it, and it would take a week. Uh, and um, in this world, they're saying, look, you open up a crypto account, I'll open up a crypto account, and I'll just send you $50 million uh, of, of a stable coin, and you'll have it in five minutes, and the transaction's over. That is becoming more and more a, a thing, if you will, especially in Asia. In Asia, a lot of the consumers are starting to pay for stuff with stable coins as well, too. They are way ahead of the West when it comes to the adoption uh, of stable coins. And this is the use case for cryptos, is if it becomes the new payment rail, that it's cheap, it's fast, it's efficient. Again, it's not there today, but if you understand the space and you use a little imagination, you could see where the space is going and it will be. And when it becomes cheap, fast and efficient, the regular trans traditional financial world won't be able to compete with it. Then the whole decentralized financial world that is this, you know, everybody says this is closed loop where you can borrow coins and get interest against coins and lend coins and get interest against lend coins, but it's just all everybody handing coins to each other. Well, if the vast majority of coin trading is stable coins and that gets its use case as a payment rail, then you could see how stable coins can be the introduction to the rest of the world um, in terms of the crypto universe and having a big, gigantic use case, saving people money, saving people time, giving people a lot more options. The final thing about stable coins, and this is where I think the central banks are getting a little bit worried. What is the reserve currency? Throughout history, we've always had some basis of a unit of, of, unit of uh, measure, of uh, value. Today, it's the US dollar. One US dollar, it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government, whatever that means. But it is not backed by anything specific or tangible. And 69 of those US dollars will buy a barrel of, of oil, and two and a half will get you a drink at Starbucks. And so that's kind of the, the center of the universe. Before the US dollar, before 1971, it was an ounce of gold. And we used to say these 35 US dollars, they were converted, they were, you can always take them until 1971, and you could also, um, or until 1933, excuse me, before we went off the gold standard in 71, you could take them to the, to the Federal Reserve and get uh, if you took 35 of them to the Federal Reserve, they'd give you an ounce of gold. 
well then why why did we decide that an ounce of gold was we just said that this is the base unit of one now why i say that we had the british pound and if you want to go all the way back in history we were using seashells and and metal coins and everything else but they were always some made up value that is one that starts with all the coins uh, that starts with all the value of trading now in the stable coin universe if these stable coins start to trade and become the payment rails and they start to assume the value of of the the base value of our money and how do we know that that would happen because currently we all talk about a stable coin is pegged to the dollar so one stable coin has to equal one dollar what if that gets reversed one day that the dollar is pegged to a stable coin now the stable coin has become the reserve currency of the world and now the dollar is subject itself to currency risk where is it relative to the um uh to the stable coin unit of value the central banks especially the federal reserve have noticed this and have noticed the growth in use case of stable coins and they're speeding up their adoption or at least looking into a central bank version of a stable coin a central bank digital currency the federal reserve in april was still saying we have years to study this central bank digital currency thing we don't have to be first we have to be right we'll take our time we'll get it right then last month jay powell put out a youtube video saying no now we're going to put out a position paper on how to work this summer well it's already june so this summer could be any time so obviously they've seen the the need to vastly accelerate their timetable because they're looking at these stable coins and they're saying if they're going to get adopted as the payment rail pretty soon they will become the base unit of one now not this year not next year but down the road if they keep going and they keep fulfilling their promise they i should say can become the base unit of one and then the dollar then incurs a currency risk that it's never had as it's been the reserve currency uh, because we'll have to see what the dollar's value is to that stable coin so it is the foundation i think it is the big use case and it is the driving thing in the crypto universe and it's interesting because it's the thing that if you bought it you know you don't get any values if it works it's still going to be worth one and worth one and worth one but all of the other tokens the ethereum tokens and the DeFi tokens and bitcoin would become much more valuable if there is a big time use case out of the crypto universe and stable coins can be that well thank you jim for your thoughts today and thank you everyone for joining us as a reminder arbor research and trading is an institutional research and brokerage firm our two most prominent research offerings are bianca research and arbor data science for further information please contact gus handler gus at gus.handler at arborresearch.com thanks everyone